Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Amen, amen. Well, I'm so glad you guys are here with us today. Once again, my name is Pastor JP. My wife and I, Rachel, have such an honor to pastor in uh, this church, and it's a privilege to have each one of you here this morning. We've been going through this series. We started the series last week called Exalt, and we want to continue today. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up uh, right now to 1 John 4. 1 John 4, we're going to be in verse 7 to start. I just want to give you a picture of what we discussed last week real quick. Last week, we talked about um, exalting hope. And this whole idea of exalt comes from, uh, we're in a season of Advent. And in the season of Advent, it's this, it's this, it's this time, it's this, this, these days where we're waiting. We're waiting, but we're expecting, and we're also waiting for what's to come. It's the reminding of what we waited for, what we're living in today, and what is to come. And we're going to go through four words over these, this today and the next two. And we're going to just talk about what these words actually mean. And I challenge, I actually said I've been praying for you guys as, as the church that these words wouldn't be familiar words to you today. They would actually be new revelations of what these words mean. Hope, last week we discussed what are you hoping for? What are you placing your hope in? Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. Right? And when we place our hope in Jesus, we don't allow our hope to be based off of circumstances. Right? We don't allow for what's happening around us to determine and dictate where, what we stand on. We stand on hope. Right? And finally, I, I just said that we, this is the best thing, we live in a living hope. We have a living hope inside of us. So every day you can wake up expecting. Every day you can wake up saying, God, what are you going to do today? I know there's something great and mighty in store for me today because we have a living hope inside of us. And so today, I want to exalt love in our lives. Exalting love. During the season, though, of Christmas and the holidays, we get busy, we get crazy, we, we lose our minds over the Christmas parties, the sweaters that we want to wear that are ugly, and they're going to be the best-picked ugly sweaters. We, we buy all the gifts, we buy everything we can in the season, and by the time you get to Christmas, you're tired. Anybody? Like, I'm like, what just happened? And then Christmas comes and it goes and we make it through New Year's and we're like, what, what did we just think about? What did we just exalt in our lives? What were we actually dwelling on? Were we dwelling on the good coupons at Macy's? Or were we thinking about what Jesus did for us? What he's doing for us? And what he's going to do? And so today I want to I wanna talk about love. I want us to walk out of this place, no matter what you came in here with, Saying, you know what, I, I want to not only exalt hope, but I want, I want love to fill my life every day. I want to dwell on the good love of Jesus Christ. And so 1 John 4, 7 through 21, I'm going to read it. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen behind me. It starts off, John is writing, a dear friend of Jesus. He says this, dear friends, what a greeting, right? If you're here today, you're part of the family. You are a friend of God. Dear friend, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Love does not come from the relationship that you're hoping for. It does not come from that job. It does not come from that thing that you think is going to fill you with love. It says love comes from God. 
Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. That's a really good place for us to just say amen. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, again, since God loved us that much, that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. Right, like, like he's saying, like you know, he, he Jesus is not walking about. So like, so like, th- no one has ever seen God. But if if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression. As another translation, if, if 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 you haven't seen God, but you love people, people will see God in you. They will actually see God through your love. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Just a few more pieces of Scripture. Verse 15. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in him. Once again, he says it. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. This is a lot of love. Live God, love, live God, right? You guys with me this morning. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. You know, Jesus is coming. He's coming back. He's going to come. And if he doesn't come back before I die, I'm going to stand. We all are going to stand before King Jesus at the end of our lives. And we're going to stand before him on that day of judgment. On that, This is heavy. This is serious. But guess what? When you live in the love of God, when you walk in the love of God on that day, you don't have to worry about what the judgment will say because the judgment will say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Come on into my house and let's party together. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment. We can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. I love that. Fear has no place in God's family. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Woo! We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Go home this weekend. I challenge you to dwell on that piece of scripture. It's meaty, it's weighty. And I'm not gonna be able to unpack it all, but I hope today that we can discover what Jesus is talking, what John is writing in regards to Jesus in regards to what love is. What true love is. How many of you, Remember, we're gonna go back a few years for a lot of us, maybe a long time for some of us. How many of you remember middle school? Some of you, this is gonna relate to high school. <laughs> but, yeah, but you remember in middle school and high school, you, you had that crush. Come on, don't, right? You had that boy or that girl, you were like, ooh, there it is, that's my wife. You're like in kindergarten, like what, what happened? <laughs> Right? You had that crush, you, you, loved, you loved the idea of being with that person, but you were too afraid to go up to that person and tell them, like, I like you. So what we did, at least what I did, was I'd send them a note. 
but I would, you guys all know, but I would pass the note down a couple few people down the front, like wherever that person was sitting, I would send the note, hey, can you pass that to so-and-so? Don't open it, because it's my note for them. Don't open it. But make sure you tell them, like, it's from JP. And on the note, it would say, do you like me? With three boxes, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, check, maybe, yes, hopefully. <laughs> no, box, and then that maybe one, like maybe. And if you got that maybe back, you're like, oh, there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. Some of you did this even in high school. Some of you are still doing it, and we love you. <laughs> you're like having your friends go up to them. Be, hey, hey, bro, can you go talk to that girl in church? Just be a man and go talk to her. Hey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. But, but like, like, full disclosure, some of you know this about Rachel and I's relationship, but our relationship started because of Twitter. Since that moment, I have written a letter to the founder of Twitter and said, thank you for starting my love with my wife. I, I, ran, I messaged Rachel on Twitter. And then we went back and forth and we messaged each other and she would like my tweets and I would like her tweets. It was really petty and, and ridiculous. But how many of you know, like, the reality is, is that a, a real relationship, a, a loving relationship, begins when it begins with action, right? Like, the action wasn't me and her messaging back and forth. The action was when the moment came where we had to initiate each other coming together and actually speaking with one another. We actually had to go to the other person and say, I'm here now. Can we actually talk? I will forever remember the day. Full disclosure, I was just not in a, Rachel was more bold than I was. And this girl comes walking up to me. I was waiting in a line for something. She comes walking up to me with a baseball hat on, short hair, Rachel, vest on, all this stuff. Like, bouncing out Rachel Prance. I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> and she puts her hand out. She's like, hi, I'm Rachel. And I was like, oh, snap. Will you marry me? <laughs> but we, I then had to say, hey, would you go out with me? Can we go on a date together? And I had to begin to initiate this relationship because we couldn't just send messages back and forth. That, that's, not, that's not real love. We had to actually get together. We actually had to be together. That's when real love happens, when you're actually with one another, face to face. And John is writing here saying, hey, my people, the people of God, like real love is found in God. And it's only found in God. And it's, it's found in God because God initiated the love story. When he sent Jesus, his one and only son. It wasn't any longer a story that would be passed down from generation to generation and generation like we read in the Old Testament. It was no longer that. It was no longer this, this thing that they thought would happen. It, it happened. The love story started when Jesus came in that manger. The mission of, of heaven began. And the, the, the beauty of the love of our God is that he came. He came to us. He came to us. He walked right up to you. For some of you, you may have not experienced that. He's walking up to you right now, face to face. He's looking at you face to face. He came to us. I don't know about you. I'm thankful that he came. He came. He walked right up to us in the flesh in the face of Jesus. No longer was it talked about. No longer was it, was it read about, but it was actually happening. It was happening. And the greatest love story of all time began, and so... As a generation today, I, I want to remind us even in this season of what real love is. Are you exalting that love that God loved you so much? You know that? It says so much. Well, what is so? I, I can't really articulate what that word so is. Is it even in the original? We, like, 
He loved you incredibly, amazingly so much that he came and he gave his one and only son for you and for me, that when we were lost, we could be found. When we were broken, we could be made whole. When we were blind, he gave us sight. When we were dead to our sin, we became alive in Christ. He came in a love story in Jesus. And so we talk about love all the time in today's generation. I guess it's probably been talked about throughout generations before, but I hope today that we exalt real love in our lives. We receive the real love. We actually walk in love because we love love. <laughs> There's somebody that I just love love. Like, don't, yeah, what kind of person? I just love love. What is, I just love it. I just love seeing love happen everywhere. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. We just love being loved. We love the connections. We love the interactions. But we got to remember something. And John talks about it. And this is my first point is this. God is love, real love. He's the real love. Like I made a joke, but like some of us just love to be loved. I just love to be loved. I just, I just love when people love me. I just, I just embrace it. I just have it. But are you experiencing the real love? Because I said it last week, people will go. Relationships will fade. Your job may fade. Your, your friendship group may fall away. You know, I have different friends today that I had in high school. I have different friends today that I had in college. Like, those for, there's some that are still there. Praise God. Pastor Andrew and I. Like, like the, but there are things that will change in your life. But God's love, real love, will never change. It'll stay with you. And I, and I wonder today if we're going to say, well, I love love. I wonder if we're actually going to mean I love God. <laughs> I'm secure in God's love that I don't need real love from anybody else because the reality is, is I'm not going to get it from anybody else. I'm not going to receive it from anybody else. John writes two times in Scripture in verse 8 and 16. He says a bold statement. God is love. God is, is, is real love. God is love, and God has come in the flesh in that moment at the manger. He came in Jesus. We have a distorted view, though, of love right? Like, like we say, I love my house, and then we go in the next sentence and say, I love God. Or I love pizza, but I love God. You see what I'm saying? We, we think the same thing of like, well, I love Rachel, but I love God. God's love is different from all those other things. We've distorted what the true word of God's love is. We, we can't, and we no longer can associate, I love my dog, as much as I love God, right? Like we have to understand the real love of God. And in the original, I'm gonna teach. In the original Greek, like the way that they were writing this, there was four different kinds of love written about in scripture. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. Old school preacher. Four different times of Greek words of, what is that? I don't even know. But there's four kinds of love that the word talks about throughout scripture. But there's one love that once... And we need today to receive it and be clear about the four words. The first three are this is eros, right? Scripture talks about eros. It's a, it's a romantic love. It's the love that I have for my spouse. It's the love for you that are married. It's the love that you have. Yourself. It's that romantic love. It's the emotional love, right? When you see that special somebody and you see them walking towards you, you get those butterflies in your stomach. You're like, oh, I got butterflies. Who actually ever has butterflies? I don't even know what that feels like. Like I have butterflies. I'm like, are they in there? Do I need Some jokes are better just here than ever out here. So there's eros, right? 
the first one. And then there's storge, which is like family love. It's the love of your family. Like, like my brother's here. Like, I love my brother. I love my sister. I love my mom. I love my dad. Like, like, like don't mess with my family. It's that family love that, like, you don't mess. Like, we can mess with each other. I can go at it with him. But if you go at it with him, I'm coming after you. <laughs> like, like, that's that love of family, right? Right? That scripture talks about. And then there's that philia love, which is like that brotherly love. It's that brotherly love, like, hey, bro, how you doing? Hey, hey, sister, how you doing? Like, it's so good to see you. We're, we're brothers and sisters in this thing. I love you. And so there's, there's three kinds of love that talked about in Scripture. And sometimes we take those three kind of loves and we put it to God. God is himself. His character does not change. He is love. And if he is love, he gets his own definition of true love. And that is agape love. God is agape. He is unconditional, no, like, things put up against it. He has unconditional love for mankind, for humanity. God is agape love. He's the only person that can be placed in that category. This is good news because this is the real love that, that, that the people that wrote the word that wanted to get it out by the Holy Spirit's guidance wanted to say, hey, don't forget that all those loves matter. They're good, they're important, but this is the most important one. God's love, the real love is agape he does, he, he does not change, right? I'm anybody thankful that the character of God does not change. And so when you think about God, what I hope you think about is God is love. God is love? Yeah, like that's his whole character. No matter what you do, no matter what you're going to do, no matter what you've done in your past, no matter what you've done in your future, God is love and he is loving you. His character cannot change when it comes to his love, right? Like God's not up in heaven going, oh my gosh, that person didn't accept me. That person is pushing me away. I no longer love them. He cannot go against his character. He's constantly going, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm so for you. I'm so for you. Guys, you know God is pursuing you? He's pursuing you. He's pursuing me. And it's the best thing ever because I know God is pursuing me in a love that's only found in God. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing you, some of you right now, that got invited here because you got tricked into coming because brunch is right afterwards. You're like, just come to church with me. It'll be quick. It'll be fine. It'll be awesome. But afterwards, like, I just landed here because my friend invited me. No, God's pursuing you. Like, like God's pursuing you. You didn't just land here by some accident. You landed here on purpose to hear the good news and the love of Jesus Christ that he has for you, the love that's only found in God, the real love of God. He isn't going to make you love him, though. I'm thankful for that. We're not controlled. He just says, hey, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Would you open up your heart's door to me? Would you open up your eyes to me? Would you open up your mind to me to receive the love that I actually have for you that is unconditional? It'll never fail you. It'll never let you down. It'll never break. It'll never run dry. The love of God is so, de so deep and so wide. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. He didn't look at humanity and say, I don't have any love to give anymore. They failed too many times. They've messed up. The people of God, how many times have they messed up? Holy cow. But how many times do we? And he's still going, I love you. I love you. I loved you before you came to me. I love you when you're with me. And I'm going to love you till the end, till you come and sit with me in my throne. I love you. And so don't forget the nature of God's character. Don't, don't. I want us to catch who God really is. God is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. We love this passage of scripture at wedding times. Love is patient. Love is, like couples, I'm like, hey, do you want a scripture verse read? They're like, yes. 
I'm like, which one? And I already know. I'm like taking wagers with rage. I'm like, one out of three, this is happening. If this happens, you're making dinner tonight. I'm not. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I just had fun. First Corinthians 13, four through eight. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonors others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay, what I want you to do today right now is this. If we know God is love, let's put the name of Jesus where it says love. Have you ever read it this way? This does something for me. This stirs me up because this is the character. This is who God is. When you're like, well, who is God? This is God. This is the character of God. This is his nature. This is who he is. So it's just, 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 just put the word Jesus where it says love. Jesus is patient. Thank you. Anybody thankful Jesus is patient? Oh, man. Like, I'm a moron. I'm so thankful Jesus is patient with me. You have no idea. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Ooh. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. Ooh. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no records of wrong. How many of you believe that when you're a child of God, he's not up there like... Me and one of the guys, Felipe, have a joke. He's, he's a blessing to me. He helps me so much in rage. And I just tell him all the time I'm taking notes on him. Like, Anyways, bad joke out to public. God's not up in heaven going, hmm, yeah, mm, Steve, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, oof. Really missed the mark there, buddy. Man, you shouldn't have talked. Mm, man, I'm going to talk to you when you get to heaven. Jesus is not keeping a list of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, though, but Jesus always rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects. He always trusts. He always hopes. He always perseveres. Jesus never fails. God is love. God is real love. And today, in this time of season, we got to sit on that and remember that this is the love, not the gifts, not the parties, not the, the relationship. God is love. And the second thing today that I'm reminded of is knowing that God is love, knowing that's his nature. This is important because this changes your theology, I hope, for some of you. This will shift the way you think. So if God is love, then God initiates love, my second point. We're called to respond to it. If you get those things out of order, you mess up the relationship with God. God initiates love. Our job as people, as humans, as, as followers of Jesus, is to respond to his love, right? John says in verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but he loved us. You know that, notice that progression there? Like, he loved us first. He then, because of his great love for you, sent he gave, he started the whole thing. He initiated the whole thing by sending, by giving, by gracing us with Jesus. This is real love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. He initiated the love story for us. What happens is, is we think we need to initiate and get God's attention all the time for him to love us. I'm not talking like go out there and be disobedient, do whatever you want to do. That's, that, that, then you don't understand real love. 
But I'm sitting here saying today, some of you are trying to earn God's love. Some of you are trying to, trying to get grace. Some of you are trying to re- initiate this relationship, and it's God pursuing of you. And in his pursuit of knowing, this is help anybody this morning, and knowing that he's actually running after you and he's knocking on your heart's door and he's coming face to face with you, it's our job then to respond. If we try to do it out of order, we're going to get tired, we're going to get anxious, we're going to get weary because we're not understanding that God is love. God actually loves you so much that he's chasing after you. I had to pursue my wife. Full transparency. I almost messed that thing up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, major. And in that, I had to go then and pursue my wife. I had to pursue her. I had to pursue her. I had to pursue her. And what Rachel did was, I'm going to sit and I'm going to let you pursue me. I'm going to let you pursue me. I, I wonder today if we're, we're actually in that place of like going, wow, God, you pursue me. I, I'm going to let you keep pursuing me and I'm just going to respond to it. And so the pursuit came all the way till I was standing on a porch in the middle of March one time. It was freezing cold outside, and Rachel was super late, and I was out there for like 35 minutes with no jacket on, nothing, holding a ring in my hand, shaking on a porch balcony, waiting to propose to her. And I was like, Rachel, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? She finally showed up, and she took about 45 more minutes to read a letter that only took me about two minutes to write, and she's like, oh, my God, this is so good. Oh my God. <laughs> finally, she comes out, and I, I give her the ring, and I say, will you marry me? I forgot to get on one knee. And I was so like, will you marry me? She said, yes. She responded to the love. It's easier for us to, this is help anybody. You, you, and you, you respond. Your job is to respond. Well, how do I respond? Obedience. Worship. Praise. Giving. Serving. Being kind to one another. Being gracious towards one another. Setting time aside during the day to get alone with God, even if it's for a verse or a moment, just saying, God, I'm responding to your love today. I'm going to rest in your love today. I'm going to sit in your love today. I'm not going to try to work to get it. I'm not going to try to praise you louder to get it. God, you love me, so out of your love for me, I'm going to respond to you with adoration, without, with, with praise, with just the joy in my heart that you love me. God is love, and God's love pursues us. And so we are called to respond to it. We're called to respond. Anybody thankful that we don't have to initiate love with God? Four of us. He's pursuing you today. He's literally pursuing you today. He's literally looking down from heaven going, I'm I'm pursuing you today. He knows you by name. Better yet, he knows every hair on your head. He knows every hair. On your head. It's a lot of hair on some of y'all's heads. Some more not. Even those he knows. He knows every hair. Oh, he formed you perfectly together in your mother's womb. Well, God made a mistake. I mean, no, he doesn't. God doesn't make mistakes. You with me, church? He has not made a mistake with any of you. I don't care what you think about yourself, how you think you look, how you think you are. None of that is true. God does not make mistakes, and he's not going to start with you today. He loves you. He's loving you. He's pursuing you. And our job is to sit back and go, okay, God, knowing that you're the real love, I just receive it. How many of you love receiving rather than giving? I'm all about receiving. Love it. I will receive all day long. Rachel's like, what do you want? Gifts? 
She's like, well, what do you actually want? I was like, great, gifts. Just give me whatever. I'm open to receive. Aren't you grateful that, like, we can be that way with God? Like, God, I'm open to receive your love. I'm open to receive your grace. I'm open to receive your joy. I'm open to receive your mercy that is new every day. No matter what has happened, no matter what I've done, your mercy is new every day. I'm open to receiving your peace. I'm open to receiving you. God, you initiated it. I'm just receiving it. God, you, you say it. I'm going to do it. This is helping y'all. The last thing is this. The third thing is this, though, then. And knowing what God has done and what he's going to do, we reveal love then, right, to those around us by giving love. In this season of Advent, in this season of holiday, Christmas, all that stuff, we, we, we do it by, by giving love. We can't miss this part because this part is so crucial. You know, I said Jesus is coming back, right? Y'all staring at them? You want me to, like, cover them? Distraction. Y'all got, like, something. Like... I said Jesus is coming back, right? He's coming back. He's coming. Full reign, full authority, everything. He's coming back to take what is his. And in his return, but if we get to see it, great. If not, like, he's coming regardless at, at some point. But he's left us saying, hey, if I'm real love, if you've received my love, now you got to give my love. Can I be honest, church? We do a really bad job at this. I do. I don't want to love that person. You know what they did to me? You know what they did in my old church to me? You know what they did one time when I was talking to them? They said this about me. I'm never going to love them. Well, hold on then. If we operate that way, is the love of God actually in you? Is love patient? Is it kind? Does it, you know what I'm saying? Like, trust me, this is hard, guys. And so John writes, hey, if real love is in you, if you actually love like God, then make sure you love people because that's actually how you're going to see God move in your life, is loving people. Open up the door for somebody. Give someone a smile. Man, I can't tell you in this city how many times I open for doors for people, and people are like, why are you holding the door for me? I'm like, it's like, have a good day. And they like look back like, like I'm just opening. Like. But that doesn't stop me from opening up the door the next time or sharing a loving word with somebody or getting around the table with friends and family, people that have hurt me, people that have said stuff to me, people that I, I'm like, man, I don't, but you know what? If God loved me so much and I'm called to love that person, then I'm not going to withhold love from anybody. It is not my job to determine who gets love and who doesn't. It is not my job to say they don't get it because they've done too much wrong. We as a church, a, a corporate, we've created this level of like they've done this much and they're never. No, God is love. And when we know God, then we give love. And I think the greatest way to give love is by serving somebody. It's by serving people. Terry, come here. Did we, do, did we talk about this? He has no idea what I'm about. <laughs> Sit down. I'm going to ask you a personal question. When did you last shower? Uh, today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we serve because of love. We serve others. You serve your friends, you serve your family when you show up to the Christmas dinner and you don't want to be there, but you got to be there and they actually are the only, you're the only Jesus that they'll ever see. You serve them. Maybe you get a dish for them. Maybe you clean the plate off. Maybe you give them a little bit of embrace. See what, see what, see what John, hey, if you love God and you don't love people, the love of God is not in you. You're a liar. 
But if you actually love God, you'll give it to people. And I think of Jesus in this moment, right? I think of Jesus and what he did for people. He served people all the time, whether it was healings, whether it was providing food for the people, right? The multitudes, or it was washing someone's feet. If you know me, I don't like feet. (laughs) My wife has a requirement that I rub her feet every night. It stretches my faith in the name of Jesus so much. Can you take your shoes off? Because Jesus showed something in Scripture every time he did it, not as a way to make people clean that were dirty, but to say, like, yo, back then they didn't have the shoes we have on. Can you take your socks off? They didn't have the shoes that you have on today. Oftentimes they maybe didn't have any shoes or they had flip-flops or sandals and their feet would walk through dust, 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 mountain ranges, up and down the valley, like all that stuff. Their feet were dirty. Could you imagine? Who's thankful for toenails, clippers? I don't know what they used back then. I don't want to know. It's just things in my head, like that just came out. Could you imagine a toenail on something like that? Jesus said, hey, come here, give me your feet. Give me your feet. I, I want to I serve you. I want to show you how much I love you. Because the things that are the dirtiest of you the most, I want to wash them. Nate, can you come here? Zaren, I'm going to wash your feet. So Jesus says, hey, I've been given love by my Father. Go ahead, put your feet in there. Can you roll your pants? I've been given love by my Father. And so I'm going to serve you in love. Because my love is real. So Jesus begins to wash the feet of his people. He begins to just pour out the water. And I, I would have been good there. Dump the water on him. You're good. Next. Right? No, Jesus rolls up his sleeves. Rolls up his sleeves. Says, I'm not just going to dump the water on. I, I'm going to clean them. I'm going to scrub them. I'm going to wash them because real love, it's, it's unconditional. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're going to do. If it's the dirtiest thing on you, I'm going to clean it. And he takes a rag and he gets it wet. He begins to just wash and scrub and wash and scrub and clean off and scrub and just say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And he washes them. says, okay, you're clean now. You're clean. My love cleans you. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful to God that he purifies me, that he washes me, that he's cleansed me. His overwhelming love for me is a love that is so real and so true and a love that says, I don't care how dirty you are. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care if you, you used to call upon my name, but because of your choices and because of your, your, the lies you believed, you've, you've stopped calling. I'm still in love with you, and I'm still calling you. And in that response, we go, okay, then, God, in that love, I'm going to respond to it. I, I receive it. I receive your love. And when you're done receiving the love of God, then it goes, okay, then I'm, I'm going to give love. Y'all, we can't be followers of Jesus if we're getting in fights, if we're arguing, if we're telling people, I can't be friends with you because what you've done. That is a lie from Satan. 
And I'm telling you right now, that can seep in so quick. Because then you could, I love the Lord, I'll praise him all day long, but do you love the Lord enough to serve those that God has called you to serve? Well, who is my neighbor? Everybody. Everybody. So today, we're going to pray. We're done. This is a, this is a message where you got to chew on this thing. There's the devotionals Monday, Wednesday, Friday that'll help you and supplement to this stuff. But I, today, I just think, man, do you want to receive a deeper amount of his love? Do you, wanna, do you want him to wash you, purify you? And in so doing that, I just said, hey, team, like, Jordan, we're, gonna, we're just going to open up the altars for a moment. Oh, man, I knew this church was crazy. You're going to call me out of my seats? Yeah, yeah, because, listen, he initiates. Our job is to respond. So his love is afford, it's, it's here today. It's available today. Do you want to respond today? Jordan's going to begin to sing. I, I just want you to take a moment. Say, God, I received the real love, the agape love. I'm going to respond to it. Your love, Father, is so good. I need it. So why don't you just bow your heads, close your eyes, and as you feel led, you can come on up to the altar. We want to pray for you. We're going to have people on our prayer team come and pray over you, but just receive his love today, guys. And as you receive it, then maybe you need to say, God, I need you to burn away the things that I've done, the way I've treated people, the way I've talked about people, the way I've acted, because if I'm acting that way, then I don't know you to be real. And so God, help me. Help me. Help me to receive your love. The altars are open right now as we pray for just a few moments here.